On today's Locked On Texan podcast, more takeaways from OTAs. How does Damian Pierce view pass catching a part of his game and a deeper look at Dalton Schultz's comments regarding his future with the Houston Texans? You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Thursday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. When you enter promo code locked on, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Shout out to our everydayers who check us out Monday through Fridays. And since we are in our own personal offseason, every other day-ish. But if you are new to the Locked On Texan podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube as well under the name Locked On Texans. I am John, some sports guy Hickman. You are Locked On Texans, Texan football analyst. And, of course, I'm joined by none other then Sports Illustrated's own Houston Texan credential media member, Cody Davis, to discuss today the alumni support for the Houston Texans playing beyond a year, looking at Dalton Schultz's comments on how he feels this year could prepare him moving forward with the potential of coming back to Houston after his one-year deal. But let's start off today's show by talking about discussing Damian Pierce's comments in regards to studying Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers after four or five games last year from the Carolina Panthers, thrived with the San Francisco 49 San Francisco 49ers, excuse me. And now Bobby Sloick, who had an opportunity to spend time within that offense working with Kyle Shanahan, is now in Houston. Cody, Damian Pierce has some interesting things to say in regards to studying that tape and looking at the things that worked with Christian McCaffrey in that passing offense. Oh, the more ways I get the ball, the better, baby. I love that. I love that. But uh, I got a lot of great guys to look at. Uh, most recently, probably Christian McCaffrey. You know, he thrived last year in that league uh, well, on his, in his offense, you know, just getting – you know, out of the backfield, getting in the flat, you know, catching hitches or whatever the case may be. You know, it's multiple ways to get the running back the ball. You know, I'm not only myself. You know, we got we got Moda, we got Dare, we got a lot of great third down backs. There's a lot of guys that I can model my game out there, and a lot of guys that I can learn from. So, uh, as a group, you know, collectively, we've been working on that before practice. After practice, we'll walk and talk it. Not so much uh, getting the rocks, but DB always keeps in our mind, you know, this thing, like, we're not the last, we're the last read on a lot of stuff, so we got time. Like, get our depth, get in the right spots, and, um, you know, just be precise of what we're doing, you know, from, you know, landmarks-wise. If we're supposed to be over the ball, make sure we're over the ball. If we're supposed to be two yards from the line of scrimmage, make sure we're two yards from the line of scrimmage. You know, he just making sure we detail that aspect. Um, we're really looking at, like I said, uh, that's what Christian McCaffrey's first guy to come to mind because uh, that's just his game. You know, that was his game, and um, it would just really, you know, exemplify coming in a slow offense, um, you know, more specifically, his cut-ups coming um, with the option routes, the angles, the the whip routes. So I ain't going to say too much. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to spill the beans too much. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> John, listeners and viewers, 
I don't know about you guys, and I'm pretty sure we can probably agree when we when we look at what to expect from Damian Pierce in his second season, but I'm expecting a big year from Damian Pierce in year two. First and foremost, you have to consider that a lot of people have described Bobby Slowey's offensive scheme as very friendly for running backs. And you also have to consider that Damian Pierce is one of the most explosive and arguably the best offensive weapon that the Houston Texans have entering the 2023 campaign. On Monday, we talked about the improvements that he made as a pass protector. And one of my favorite parts about my the opportunity that I had to talk to running back coach Danny Barry was the fact that he talked about how when Damian Pierce is in a game, it's going to keep the opposing team's defense on the hill because you don't know if he's going to be in the game to be utilized in the run game, or is he going to be in the game to be utilized as a pass protector? Now, with him improving his pass catching abilities, this is definitely going to make Damian Pierce a triple threat option on the field, especially when you consider that he has been studying Christian McCaffrey, who, in my opinion, has always been, even during the time when he was with the Carolina Panthers during those injury-prone years, he has always been one of the best versatile running backs that this league has to offer. And when you look at what Christian McCaffrey has been able to do or what he's been able to do since he came over and joined San Fran, this is a guy who has recorded 464 receiving yards with 52 catches in six games john listeners and viewers that is the most that christian mccaffrey has been utilized in the passing game ever since he caught for over a thousand yards in 2019 of course as a member of the carolina panthers yeah so when i look at what damian pierce um becoming a better pass catcher can do for him and, and this offense it helps this offense move the chains and pick up first downs this is something houston desperately needs uh, Damian Pierce pass catching stats for his rookie year in 2022 30 catches for 165 yards, resulting in seven first downs. Do we think, do I think that Damian Pierce can be a Christian McCaffrey type of running back as a pass catcher? Absolutely not, right? Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> caught 52 passes for 464 yards and picked up 26 first downs last season for the 49ers after he was traded from the Carolina Panthers. So I don't foresee him jumping nearly, what, 300 yards and an, an additional 16 first downs, an additional 22 catches. I don't see that happening. But I do think what we can count as a win for Damian Pierce is being able to replicate the productivity that Kyle Yusek has been able to do with the San Francisco 49ers, specifically in 2021, 30 catches, 296 receiving yards, but also picking up 16 first downs. I think adding that element to his game opens up how Houston can really use him if he becomes more versatile as a running back in 2021 Kyle saw Kyle Yuschek, and I'm hoping I'm saying his name right. Forgive me if I'm not. Kyle Yuschek saw a career high in plays lined up in the slot or lined up as a wideout, right? And so I think if he's able to talk about this yesterday, become 
a much better pass blocker, that helps keep him on the field, right? If he's able to become more of a threat as a pass catcher, then now you have to fear him as a running running back, running the ball, right? But if you saw third and six and third or five or third and short, any of those situations, and if he's on the field as a defender, if he gets better now as a, you know, as a defensive play caller, now, hey, keep your eyes on Damian Pierce. He may be able to kill us real, really quick out of the backfield on a whip route. Uh, maybe flaring out or things of that nature, depending on how the defense is lined up against the Houston Texans offensively. So I love the fact that he's going and looking at those, the clips and, and the film and studying what made Christian McCaffrey so successful in an offense last year for the San Fran 49ers that we believe Bobby Sloyd will present and bring over for the Houston Texans simply because he does have to get better in that area. It's kind of like Nico Collins saying, hey, I got to stay healthy for Damian mm-hmm. Pierce. Hey, I got to be more of a threat in the passing game. Because if he does that, and if that part of his game becomes uh, useful consistently, then now the creativity shoots through the roof, what you can do offensively in terms of play calling, right? Uh, I think – lined up in the slot and wide out for Damian Pierce in his rookie year, I think that may have happened for him 25 times. And and I don't believe either one of those resulted in any positive yards for Damian Pierce. I can go back, but he didn't get that many opportunities to really be utilized in the passing game simply because the offense stunk. The offensive uh, system wasn't good, but he wasn't a real threat. There was moments on third and short we will see Rex Burkhead out on the field. That shouldn't be the case moving forward. Devin Singletary, who I love as a backup running back, who I've been on record by saying eventually at some point during some games, during some quarters, during some drives, uh, Devin Singletary may steal you know, a couple of reps over from DP. But for Pierce to work on being a versatile running back, and he is this team's future running back. He's on a rookie year deal, got three years left on that deal. That will do so much for the offense and rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. Damian Pierce's comments to me really quick just showcases, and John, you just alluded to this, how creative Bobby Sloak is going to be. Because I agree with you. I don't see Damian Pierce jumping up to three, 400 receiving yards, but – I do believe that Bobby Sloak is going to put not just Damian Pierce, but Devin Singletary and Dario Gumbawale in these positions where they could be utilized as pass catchers coming out of the backfield, especially Devin Singletary, who last year alone during his last last year with the Buffalo Bills caught 54 balls for 280 yards and one touchdowns. Remember when he, when he first signed here with the Houston Texans, that was one of, if not, the biggest attribute that I like most about the signing was the fact that, okay, you know, you're going to have a young quarterback under center that is going to just give him a reliable pass catcher that he could utilize, especially like we've been talking about every system throughout this whole entire off season, how let's say mediocre the wide receiving core is as of right now. Yeah. And again, I do want to put emphasis on before we move forward, being able to pick up first downs. Hmm. That's important. If he's able to pick up first downs catching the ball, then I'm not worried about him running the ball. That's a given. To pick up those first downs, to keep the defense honest, 
does wonders for what this team could do moving forward offensively. <laughs> Those were my new bird dog shorts. Bird dogs gives me the confidence because bird dogs helps me look good. And if I look good, I feel good. With the stretched khaki shorts, they are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you that sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. Why? Because a lot of the regular shorts are made of stiff and restricting cotton. Bird dog fix this issue by inventing a cloud knit fabric that looks just like the khaki but stretches so you get the way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice the movement again i'm listen guys look at my legs look at my legs look at my legs in these bird dogs amazing go to birddogs.com slash locked on nfl and enter promo code locked on nfl for a free yeti style tumbler with your order, that's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. I promise. Uh, I mean, to be honest, like, I don't really care about that stuff right now. Um, just putting it f- first and foremost, like, like I said, coming into this, like, I'm just happy that I can play for another year. Um, whether that's on a one-year, a, a four-year, a ten-year, whatever it is, like I'm excited that I got an opportunity to to take another shot at you know making a deep playoff run and ultimately winning a Super Bowl, and I think that's kind of what I'm most focused on. Um, all that other stuff, like I handle that, you know, I leave that to my agent. I just let him kind of dictate, you know, what whatever he says, I, I kind of go with. So, welcome back in, locked on Texans listeners and viewers. That was Dalton Schultz speaking about his future. With this team, Cody, I think that when you hear those comments, a couple of things like I hear optimism from Schultz, right? And he mm-hmm. is a guy that you look at his last three seasons with the Dallas Cowboys, who drafted him back in 2018, uh, 615 yards, four TDs in 2020, 2021. He really came on the scene, uh, 78 catches, 808 yards, eight TDs. And then last season, 57 catches, 577 yards, five TDs, a really good tight end. He's a guy that I believe, if you look at the comments made um, by Bobby Sloak and while he, when he talked about, excuse me, trying to replicate some of the good things and, and, you know, what he was able to learn from the Gary Kubiak offense, Owen Daniels pops off my mind like I think of Owen Daniels and how successful he was playing alongside Andre Johnson as his top receiver uh no Andre Johnson here in Houston as of right now though we believe that Nico Collins can fulfill his own prophecy once he becomes one of the greats in Houston Texas history but Schultz is a guy that I think he is coming from a situation where it was successful not only for the team but more so for himself in the last three seasons, right? Being able to be a pro bowler, being able to put up those numbers, being able to play in a high-octane offense. And I think that when you look at the possibility of retaining not only Dalton Schultz, but the Hassan Ridgeways, 
the 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 Jimmy Wards, um, the Devin Singletary's. When you look at the possibility of retaining some of these vets, the very first thing that I think needs to happen when we look at the season, Houston has to be winners. And I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. saying they have to go out there and win a bunch of games, right? I, I, what I'm saying is for Dalton Schultz, for example, he has to feel comfortable, as comfortable as he did in Dallas, right? And so Dallas was a team, won the division, you know, one year, a couple of years under him, uh, made a playoff, push a couple of times. Dak Prescott was his quarterback. But at the end of the day, you know, these guys are all about their numbers in terms of whatever I produce helps me get paid. So he has to, you know, I think for him it's important for this team to be able to make sure he gets the ball, put him in situations where he's playing winning football, but he's also getting his as well. Same for Devin Singletary, who's on a one-year deal as well. I think Devin Singletary may be more of, of a stretch simply because, you know, if he goes out there and ball out, how the NFL is, is, is Houston going to really prioritize bringing him back when they have ex Validay who they're high on and you may have an opportunity to either sign another running back in free agency or draft one next year who's younger? That's different, specifically for Dalton Schultz, Cody. I think it's going to be important for him to see his numbers replicated. And I think from that point, then he'll be able to buy in to what Houston has going on. Again, I am the only person that I've heard speak about this team possibly winning the AFC South, and I know that's a stretch. But if you look at what he can bring, touchdowns in the red zone, right? The last two years, 13 total touchdowns. Being able to pick up first downs and be the possession tight end that this team desperately needs consistently. So once he gets his numbers, I think that'll help him because if the numbers are there, that means the quarterback play and the offense is there. So he'll be comfortable like he was in Dallas. And moving forward, uh, you want to see Houston and Dodge Schultz get their deal done because I don't think they're going to find a tight end as consistently good as Dalton Schultz uh, moving forward. And he's a vet and he's a good blocker and he's someone that you want around your younger guys and that offense. And he understands how the offense works and, Everything that comes with Schultz, man, I would love for Houston to get that deal locked down. Locked down, But, of course, from a player standpoint, I know he wants to go out there and ball, but he has to be comfortable in terms of do I want to come back? Am I comfortable in this offense? If the answer is yes, the chances of re-signing him are very high. Really quick, John, answer this. What player are we talking about really quick? Oh, well, we were talking about Dalton Schultz. Okay, with that being said, we're talking about the possibility of him re-signing with the Houston Texans. And we just heard him talk about the expectations that he has for this organization. And not only that, before he started talking about his future with this organization, he talked about how the hiring of D'Amico Ryan's, the respect that he has for D'Amico Ryan's is part of the reason why he wanted to come to the Houston Texans because he also joked how San Fran kicked the Dallas Cowboys out of the playoffs over the last two seasons. And he already said that he has faith and trust in D'Amico's defense. I just, you know, that was a win for me. He's already one of my favorite players, you know, take as many shots as you want to at, at the Dallas Cowboys. I don't care. But to get back on topic, That just lets you know 
that this organization is finally back on track to be respectable. And it's an organization that 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 has a promising future because Dalton is not the only guy that's going to be in this situation. Um, I take a look at a guy like Malik Collins. I think because he's going to be a part of seeing this 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 franchise get back to promise because he's going to be a part of the change. The same thing can be said for Corey Littleton, a guy that they just signed in free agency. Same thing can be said for for Sheldon Rankins and John. You just alluded to a guy that. I think it's definitely going to get an extension. Um, and of course, as of right now, that's just me talking. Nobody is. Yeah, I don't know how I forgot right Sheldon Rankins. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, but you know, Devin Singletary, like we are talking about players who are going to be able to produce for the Houston Texans, not just in 2023, but beyond. And that is very telling because when you go back and you view the last three, two seasons. The Houston Texans was viewed as somewhat of a pip stop. You had players that either wanted to get away from this organization or players who just signed with this organization because no other team would give them a deal or no other team wanted to give them an opportunity to showcase what they can do. Even Shaquille Griffin, I talked about on yesterday how he finally made his debut in practice with the Houston Texans. And even though he did look rusty, once again, was called for not one, but two pass interference calls. He still had moments where, where, where you said, okay, as soon as he gets back into his repetition, he's going to provide this secondary with something special. A secondary with Jalen Petrie and Derrick Stingley at the hands, you already know it's going to be special. So the Houston Texans are going to be a destination where players will like to come play, and they're going to be a destination where it's going to be very realistic for them to keep the value guys that's, that are already on this roster to continue to be a part of this transition that they're going through. And it's finally a transition that is positive, unlike the last couple of years when the transition was negative. Yeah, and it's important for them to, for, for some of these guys that's coming from winning situations, it's important to uh, put those guys to, like, again, just feel comfortable, man. Just feel like... You know, the record may not show it, but for a team that went 3-13-1 last season, for for a team that was pretty bad the last three years, a combined record of 10 11, No, 11 10 wins. wins. 11. 11 wins. It should have been 12, but 11. 11 wins. And one random players, tie. <laughs> for those players coming into this situation, they want to see the improvement, right? Some of these guys, some of these players have played this team. Like Dalton Schultz played him last year, who he spoke highly of Jalen Petrie. And, and, and um, Damian Pierce at, spoke highly of him as well. Spoke highly of Damian Pierce. Uh, who, like some of these newcomers have played this franchise. Uh, Pearman from the Raiders played, played mm-hmm. for the Raiders last Another year. He's a, so he's a guy that, you know, on the other side of the ball, but ultimately they want to make sure that they are establishing a winning culture because if Dalton Schultz wanted to, I'm sure he could have went somewhere else this offseason. So he got a deal six, uh, one year, $6.2 million, I believe. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me look at the numbers right here. Yeah. $6 million deal. Nothing too crazy. And in the, in the offseason next year, I'm sure that depending on the type of year he's going to have, uh, he he should be able to command somewhere between a four year contract worth sixteen to seventeen million dollars, maybe. But you want to retain him by doing winning things, and 
doesn't always necessarily equals, you know, a dub in the win column. But if you are moving the ball, putting points on the board, doing things to make these players feel comfortable, then I think that's the first step in retaining some of these guys. Welcome back in, Locked On Texan listeners and viewers. Before we close out today's podcast, just really wanted to highlight the alumni support on Tuesday's uh, OTAs. Uh, Andre Johnson, which is the guy that I'm sure everybody would know mm. the most. Uh, There's a lot of – he was out there, of course, was what I'm saying, but there was a lot of former Houston Texan players. Andre Johnson was the headline of those guys. My man Jonathan Wells was out there as well, mm. a friend of the show. Uh, I got to get him to, back on, by the way. Absolutely, especially during the season when we're talking about C.J. Stroud. Mm. You know, he's an Ohio State guy, C.J. Stroud, Ohio State. But I think it's important to just say this wasn't the norm in the past few seasons. If we all remember Andre Johnson, who never <laughs> speaks in tweets, Andre Johnson's tweet, um, there was no support from guys that, you know, former Houston Texan players. When everything was going on, even with Deshaun Watson had been moved on from and they had to understand that it was over with, you didn't see a lot of support from former players. Now you see it constantly, consistently. You're seeing these guys around around the building supporting this franchise. And I just wanted to say that that is something to highlight in, you know, recent history memory for this team. Mm. It ain't been that many moments to highlight. So I love the fact that former guys are coming around or in the building or around these young players are, you know, it's just adding a different element of the building process. And it kind of goes back to the conversation you and I just had about the Houston Texans just having a new culture. Um, John, I remember in 2021, we entering week seven or week eight, when the Texans were preparing to take on the Arizona Cardinals. And of course, that was the first time that they uh, played against JJ Watt. And I remember we all had a virtual press conference with JJ and he was asked several times about, you know, what went into his decision to move on from the Texans. And I remember every time he was asked that he always talked about how there was things going on with the organization that he just didn't want to be a part of anymore. Now, of course, later on, we started learning out and finding out several different things that was going on. And some of the things we would never talk about here on this show, but to now know that so many alumni, including JJ Watt, who has shown his support for this organization all throughout the off season, especially after the hiring of coach D'Amico Ryan's, it just lets you know that this franchise is back on track. And in some ways it's not only back on track, but it's, it, it has the potential to be better than it's ever been. You know, even when you go back and you take a look at the heyday of the Houston Texans, there were moments where the on the field or off the field that kind of made you say, mm, okay, what's going on? You know? Um, but as of right now, and look, I understand it's still early. A lot could change between now and the start of the season. A lot could change between now and, and, and two, three years down the line. But there is nothing there that is telling me, telling other reporters, telling former players, um, current players, or anything like that. Like the dark cloud that was over there, that hung over this franchise over the last couple of years is gone, man. And I know that is something I keep harping on, but you guys just don't understand like how much that weight, how much that burden, how much of, 
the negativity that surrounded his franchise was hurting everybody involved. And, you know, shout out to all the alumni who was there. Um, I, I, I do want to give a lot of credit to Andre Johnson because he started coming around last year when Lovey Smith got hired. Um, so, you know, he was kind of one of if not the first alumni to kind of start fixing the relationship because look, the Houston Texans, man, they got a strong alumni base. And these guys love this franchise. And it's just good to see all of these guys support the Houston Texans again, especially following the hiring of some of them, their former teammate, i.e. Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt with D'Amico Ryans. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. And as you can see at the bottom, Subscribe, like, and comment to the Locked On Texan podcast wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.